live from sunny my mom's spare bedroom in indiana this is the gen green podcast powered by yaft uh this is your co-host johnny and i'm here with my other co-host as well as a few guests today uh how are we doing jenny and chelsea i'm doing really great johnny how about you chelsea I'm doing all right. I'm glad to be here. Wonderful, wonderful. As a quick recap over the week, we we still appreciate the support we've been getting. I'm glad to hear that more and more people are using our new email to contact the organization, and I uh, hope we are able to keep this energy up over the summer and uh, as we continue on to uh, larger uh, projects for the podcast. But without further ado, uh, I would like to introduce our two guest speakers for tonight, uh, Morgan and Robin. Uh, can I have a word from both of you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm Morgan, and I just want to say thank you so much for, for having us on. We're here to talk about our climate march, which we're planning for September, and we're very excited to share a little bit about it with you. Wonderful, wonderful. Hi guys, my name is Robin. Uh, thank you so much for having us on. Um, I'm a, one of the organizers for the uh, 2021 Modesto Climate March, and I'm also a member of the CJAM, the Climate Justice Action Now Committee. Wonderful, wonderful. Now, before we get into questions, uh, can you guys just state what the event is? Yeah, sure. Um, so we, uh, the Climate Justice Action Now Committee, we are organizing and hosting a march um, that's gonna occur on September 25th 2021 in Modesto. Um, the event will include both a march from the corner of McHenry and Briggsmore Avenues and proceed to Griseta Park, uh, where we will have like a sort of rally, including uh, youth speakers, booths of various organizations and other activities to promote the general awareness of climate justice and hopefully to uni unify many organizations into a kind of general coalition. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, uh, we're going to start asking you some questions about that. So uh, get ready. <laughs> yeah, that's so awesome, you guys. And we just kind of wanted to start out with asking you guys. So what got you both interested in this community action? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually started my, my first experience with, with community action was my freshman year of high school. Um, the March for Our Lives movement had just started because of the Parkland shooting and being a first year in high school student, um, that really opened my eyes to the importance of standing up for issues you believe in. Um, and it, it got me started down the path of, of, of working in uh, community organizing. I actually was approached by a local group to help organize a March for Our Lives March. I uh, went to it, I spoke at it, and that launched me into a whole new chapter of my life, which was getting uh, involved with local action in our community. Uh, I got to work on uh, two congressional campaigns, one in 2018 and then another in 2020. Um, and eventually I was asked to join uh, CJAN and I jumped at the opportunity because I knew it was a way to make real change in our community through climate action. So impressive. Yeah, well, I'm in awe of you guys. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. And what about you, Robin? Apologies for me cutting you off first. Okay. I got my first glimpse into the world of uh, community action through the local uh, March for Our Lives event that Morgan just talked about. Um, and it really had a lasting impact on me, uh, even through just my years of development. Like uh, those mass movements had been so far away from me 
I didn't really realize the gravity of the situation, but then this put all those social issues that had been so distant and it, it thrust them right under my nose and I developed an interest in local action. Um, then in the spring of 2021, I was invited through uh, various friends and relatives to the Meeting to Claim a Climate March and I've uh, been uh, doing this ever since, so yeah. Very you guys are awesome. <laughs> Just amazing. Sorry, Johnny. Go ahead. <laughs> oh no, you're good. Well, from what I've what I've heard already is that as as younger people, you two have really been been moved into community action by the endemic of mass shootings. But uh, one of the things that I think has been most pressing for me, uh, out of my own organizing stuff. It's just how how everything has seemed to change within the last year uh, with the uh, overwhelming presence of the uh, Black Lives Matter movement and how that has really bolstered civic action. Uh, for an example, I participated in a uh, solidarity, solidarity with Palestine uh, protest uh, in my hometown just a few days ago, and it turns out that there's been more that the last time uh, there was a uh, controversy with Palestine. I think there were less people out there nationally than there were this time in just Detroit alone, which is which is just huge to me. So uh, to, I guess, uh, get back down into it. How has, how has this recent changing of mentalities affected uh, your, your planned environmental justice march? Yeah, absolutely. I think we have definitely seen, as, as you said, sort of an uptick in people getting involved in their community. And firstly, I think um, it makes me more confident in the abilities of grassroots organizing to get stuff done. You know, everything starts as a group of people getting together and saying, we want to change this. Um, and that definitely has had an influence on how we've been planning this march. But going further, um, one of the reasons that, that CGN in particular um, spoke to me was that we're not just a climate action group. We focus on climate justice. Um, I think we know that climate change is going to disproportionately affect people of uh, lower incomes, people of color, and it's so important that climate justice be a part of that conversation, um, that we make sure when we're talking about climate action, we're also talking about um, equitable climate action. Um, and that this last summer has really had the impact on me of, of making sure that when you're talking about your issue, it's interconnected with so many other movements as well. And to just really be cognizant that you're making sure everyone has a voice. Very, very well said. So how exactly did this youth coalition for the climate action event, how did it all come together? Robin, do you want to take this one? Yeah, sure. Okay, yeah, so um, this whole youth coalition came together uh, really in almost an abrupt fashion from my point of view, but the Modesto uh, Peace Life Center and the Valley Improvement Project kind of collaborated a bit to um, bring together almost 20 youth uh, who are leaders of clubs and different organizations within their schools, and they were really active in uh, climate change and activism um, in, those, in those organizations. Um, unfortunately, uh, COVID did hit after only one meeting to, to plan this march, um, but the, we weathered the storm of COVID-19 and we regrouped uh, virtually, and now we've had a lot of meetings and we're starting to 
uh, rebuild and be able to, and planning for a march hopefully in the future. Yeah, and just to, to add just a little bit on that, um, the Peace Life Center, when they were planning this march, it was the 50th anniversary of the Peace Life Center. And uh, that just happened to coincide with the 50th anniversary of, of Earth Day, which is why they were gonna do this. Um, but they really were focused on providing a platform for young people. Um, and that's why we had so many young people get involved in that first meeting is they went out of their way to make sure that young activists were being included in the planning process. And that's why I think that we, in this March, we are also trying to um, uh, add how continue that and uh, provide a platform for youth in our own March of this, uh, this committee. So then we're able to provide a platform for them to be able to speak what they're saying, especially tying back to the last question, all of the different um, youth leaders that have been um, arising over the last year. And I'm hoping that this will be able to inspire them to give them a, um, a jumping board to, from which to climb to certain standards. That was well said, I thought. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Yeah, and you guys kind of touched on this a little bit, but, you know, just what would you guys say is the main goal of this march? And how is the march organized to best achieve this wonderful goal? Yeah, goal number one, getting more young people involved with local climate action. Um, Robin and I are both very much of the mindset that a march is only as significant as the actions that come from it. Um, and sort of in other words, what I mean is we want to use this march, as Robin put it, sort of a jumping off point. Um, we have the ability through this march to put together a coalition of young people who are like-minded, focused on the same issues. Um, and we want to use this march as a way to build that coalition so that we can then start addressing climate issues in our community. Um, and it's our hope that this event will help uh, young people get connected with our group and with other groups and just with other activists um, so that they feel like they have a community that can work with them as they strive to um, take on some of the problems they see in their communities. Yeah, we hope to, uh, especially in prompting these uh, reforms that we are kind of uh, addressing with this, we hope uh, to bring the, the, uh, to the forefront the issues that are harming our own local community um, the largest city in our county, uh, Modesto, doesn't provide curbside recycling and uh, utilizes an incinerator um, oh, to dispose of certain of certain products. So um, we recognize that this isn't exactly beneficial to the environment, and we want to draw attention to it. And like Morgan said, and as I said earlier, because of our the march's dedication to the involvement of young people, uh, we want to create that central location with this march, especially with the rally afterwards to uh, uh, allow youth from across the county um, and from a variety of different organizations to intermingle, develop personal connections and create a web um, where we can now stand up to climate change more aptly. And hopefully we'll be uh, hosting speakers and different activities that will hopefully encourage further involvement in local climate action. That is so awesome. Oh my gosh, you guys make me want to join. I mean, I'll definitely be at the march, but I might have to join this coalition. You guys are so inspiring. <laughs> well, we'd love to have you. <laughs> yes, definitely. So what do you guys think, what has been the main challenge for you guys with organizing this youth event? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to kind of state the obvious here and say COVID. Um, yeah. We, we, we touched yeah. on it. 
um, earlier, but we did have one meeting where we, I think, had about 20 young people, um, as Robin said, and, and uh, then a couple of adults from the Peace Life Center. Um, and obviously, about a month after that first meeting, COVID hit. And we were very disorganized for a while, trying to sort of figure out what we were doing. We moved to a more online setting. We did some outreach via social media. We tried to get people involved that way, but the March sort of fell through last year. Um, and so this year we've we've sort of been trying to, uh, now that we're all a little bit more adept at dealing with sort of online forums for, you know, talking to people, um, we've been getting used to using Zoom and things like that, but we're still having a bit of trouble getting some young people involved because you know, young people are already doing school online, meeting friends online, going to clubs online, and to ask another commitment of sitting in front of your computer is difficult. Um, but we are hopeful that um, with the start of summer, we're going to start seeing some more youth involvement. So, yeah, isn't June 14th supposed to be like the day that social distancing ends and, you know, magic and rainbows happen, hopefully, <laughs> in California at least? <laughs> I believe it's June fifteenth, but yes, hopefully. Okay. Yeah, oh, but. and we'll definitely we'll definitely be talking as as we sort of assess the situation in the future about doing some in person stuff. But that's definitely what we'll be looking at sort of the health situation in our county before we jump onto that. Yeah, yeah. definitely make sure everyone's safe. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to June fifteenth so bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Away from questions specifically about the event, uh, which elements of climate action and organization and in general are you most interested in? For me, I got into all this climate stuff because I'm a fan of uh, economics and I see that uh, a lot of left parties overseas have their own Green New Deal stuff. So I'd, I'd really like to see what 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 really makes you interested talking about environmental justice and environmental activism, whether it's at the March or here right now? Yeah, well, I think um, first things first, for me, it's always been, it's, it's a little bit personal because if you're a young person, climate change is absolutely going to have a major impact on your life. Um, and that's sort of what got me thinking about how important it is that I take action. If I'm worried about something, I feel like I need to do something about it. Um, but going a little bit further than that, I think that so many people view climate change as this unclimbable mountain, right? You're one person and there's so much that needs to be done in such little time. What can one person do about it? And I totally understand that overwhelming sort of mindset that a lot of people have. And I think it is really important that we embrace the idea that individual and local change is what powers the movements that make bigger change on a national or a global level. Um, what we're doing here is what's going to give more power to organizations that are trying to get national legislation powered. You know, dealing with just the day-to-day -day things we deal with in our own communities grows the movements that more and more people get involved and start seeing this as a problem and start taking action. Um, and for me, you know, I, at risk of sounding like a broken record, local change, I think, is one of the most important things anyone can get involved in. And in our county, um, well, in San Joaquin Valley has some of the worst air quality in the country. And we see that in how many people get asthma who live here. 
And so one of the reasons I got really into climate action was because we can see the direct impact um, of pollution on our community. And by taking local actions, we can't solve the whole problem by ourselves, but we can certainly make it a little bit better for the people who are living here. Very well said. That's, uh, I think that's such a healthy and powerful way you can kind of look at it. That's what I really want to apply in my own life uh, when I move back uh, to my hometown proper and really get into politics there. That's, uh, that's a very prudent uh, takeaway from you. I, I wish I was as smart as you when I started as a college freshman. <laughs> Me too. How about you, Robin? Well, I'm uh, not as eloquent as Morgan, nor am I as well-versed in many of the initiatives uh, put forth by uh, various organizations and governmental agencies like you guys probably are. Um, but I feel like where I derive a lot of my interest from climate change is, again, like Morgan said, looking around at the environment. Um, I've ha I have relatives who are, um, especially with uh, fire, I have relatives who are in the um, fire, in the, in the industry that relates to fire, especially okay. um, in national parks as well. But if you're like looking at all of this, it's directly derived, it's directly um, projecting, oh goodness, I try to find words that are way too smart for me. Um, I do that too, don't worry. <laughs> and why is my brain freezing up? Uh, <laughs> That's okay, it happens. It's all good. It's my life, basically. <laughs> I know, I hate it when my brain just, like, it wants to make a point, but my just <laughs> mouth can't articulate it. <laughs> You really did just explain my entire life. <laughs> the English language is so hard. It is. So all those different, um, like, especially with uh, the increased amounts of fires throughout the, throughout especially the state, have been directly contributing to the uh, poor air quality, especially within the valley, within the contain, near contained airspace uh, surrounded by the two mountain ranges. And Jeez. these two, and yes, the and with those, those and the accumulation of dust from farmings and stuff will lead to the direct uh, um, detriment to our community, especially with humans and and even with um, agriculture. Even though we are some of one of the agricultural heartlands of the nation, um, it can be very detrimental to especially the local ecosystems, including many local rivers and all those things. The amount of smoke and it's like general yeah. smoke from the fires and then industrial pollution. Yeah. So, um, it, it almost feels as if uh, we've we've forgotten a whole century and uh, are going back to uh, industrial revolution levels of pollution. Exactly. Know? It feels like that sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Robin and I were both born and raised in the Central Valley. And I think you'll find talking to a lot of people who have that same experience that air, air quality is one of the biggest things um, that got both of us into this because it has such a direct impact on our lives and our families' lives. It's something we deal with sort of on a day-to-day -day basis and we really wanna try and make it at least a little bit better for, for our community. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of, um, you know, secondhand smoke exposure. I know that's another huge issue because, you know, you should be, able to be safe in your home and your community and then things like you know wildfires or someone smoking in the multi-unit housing above you 
that can really damage your lungs and lead to so many issues. Yeah, definitely. And especially with the um, contributions of all of this into local ecosystems, including all the pollutions from agriculture as well, um, all the different runoffs and all of these different things, especially, and the contributions of, um, for example, the incinerators are just going to contribute more and more to um, the pollution of our atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely. So what would you guys, a little bit, a little bit of a fun question. I'm going to take it a little bit lighthearted here. So what would you guys think is going to be your guys' kind of favorite part of organizing this march or even like the march itself? What do you guys think your favorite part will be? Well, that's a good question. Um, in, in the time I've spent organizing, I think there's one thing that always stands out to me, no matter what sort of the, the culminating event is. Um, when you organize in your community, you meet so many people that you never would have met otherwise. Um, you get to get to know, you get to get to know, you get to know um, all kinds of people from different backgrounds, with different motivations, uh, with different stories. Um, and my favorite part of organizing is sort of all of the lead up to this event. You're building this community um, of people who all sort of think the same way about about these issues. Um, and when you're standing there at the day of the event and you see it all happening, all of your hard work, uh, and you're standing with this group of people who six months ago you didn't even know. Um, it really is something else to build that kind of community while taking action in your community. And I think that's absolutely going to be my favorite part uh, of organizing this march is just getting to know all these different people uh, in my own community who are really passionate about fighting climate change. Yeah. What about you, Robin? Oops, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, yeah, Chelsea. Yeah. You get to meet your people, and that's like the best part of doing this work and just meeting like-minded people and and getting to meet those amazing, inspirational others that are out there. Absolutely. What about you, Robin? What's um What's your favorite part about organizing this march? Well, I can't really predict it because it sounds kind of cheesy, but I think I've already found it. Um, even though we're so far out from it, um, I'm feeling like it's it feels so verifying to be, and it's so happy, happy to realize that the community is much bigger than itself. Cooperating with all the people, Morgan and all the other people in my committee, um, it's just really awesome to be able to see, um, like Morgan said, the different things that everyone is doing and that everyone has. And being able to collaborate with these things, as well as being able to recognize that my community is uh, rising up to, against a certain uh, ob obstruction and we're being able to fight back against it. It's super awesome. I really enjoy giving back to my community, especially through different services. And I'm super glad to be taking part in organizing a march that will hopefully put forth so many ideas and propel so many initiatives that are, that are championed around the world. But hopefully we can apply those to a local level. Um, and it's just going to be really awesome in seeing um, this community mobilize in the face of such an imminent threat to our um, world and our, especially our community. And I, I've been seeing it already in my collaborations with all my, with many of my, the other members of CJAN, but I'm also looking forward to having that over and over and over again until the March commences. Very cool. Very, very cool. cool. Very cool. 
Ooh, I uh, I sound like I'm echoing on yeah. someone's yeah. else's end. <laughs> My bad. I heard that okay. a little earlier, though. Sorry. It's okay. Um, so, I mean, is there anything else that, just in general, you'd like our listeners to know about, you know, anything like the march or you guys specifically? Is there anything that we didn't ask you about that you'd like our listeners to know about? Well, I think, I think we covered almost everything, but I, I just like to say, um, we're really, really looking forward to seeing people in our community come out for this March. Um, so if you're listening to this, uh, I hope you consider coming. We're looking forward to meeting you and looking forward to working with you to make some positive change in our community. Um, I was also gonna ask, so, you know, how can young people who wanna participate, you know, how can they participate in this upcoming March? You know, is there an email that they can email or, something on social media that they can follow to keep tabs on when the march is? Absolutely. So Robin, can you find our Instagram handle and I'll give my email. Um, so if you want to reach out to us, if you're interested in helping with the planning process or just with getting updates, um, feel free to email me. My email is cjans, that's C-J-A-N, uh, Morgan Haydock at gmail.com. And I'm happy uh, to talk with you a little bit about our march and getting you involved. I'll make sure to put uh, the, the email in the resources too. Yeah, so our Instagram is Climate March Modesto. Um, so if you want to follow us on that, we'll be posting updates uh, as we go along and we'll make sure to keep you up to date on uh, what's going on. That was well, thank you guys so much for doing this. We so appreciate it and we so are so happy to get the word out and hopefully everyone goes. We'll definitely be there, right, guys? If I mean, I will. I hope you guys will. Maybe we can what? actually meet in person. <laughs> That'd actually be really fun. Um, what is it? So when the march takes place, is it on a weekend? Yeah, it's on a Saturday. Ooh. And technically, we haven't settled on a time yet, but it should be around 10 o'clock. Excellent. September 25th, 2021, probably at 10 a.m. There's like an international day of climate change going on, I'm pretty sure which we actually didn't know when we chose the date, but <laughs> kind of happy coincidence. Anyway, I should say thank you so much for having us on. We really appreciate it. Um, it's been awesome. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for giving us a platform to uh, just um, be able to uh, disseminate the information about this uh, march that we're so excited and so looking forward to. And I look forward to seeing you guys there. Absolutely. Uh, could you give like one more shout out uh, about the event and then uh, we'll close it. Absolutely. And then you guys are, are free to pop off. Absolutely. It's our March is going to be on September 25th um, in Modesto. We're going to have a March and then a rally at the Mancini Bowl. Uh, the March will be starting at the corner of McHenry and Briggsmore. Um, and it will be starting uh, around 10 o'clock in the morning. Thank you all for listening. We so appreciate it. This podcast is made possible through listeners like you. During this episode, we got to talk to the amazing Morgan and Robin about their planned climate action march in Modesto this September. We'll definitely be there. If you guys are in the area, definitely go out and support them. 
And we can't wait to discuss even more issues with you guys in the future. And we hope to see you next time. Thanks again for listening to our Gen Green podcast powered by YAFT.